This is Mackenzie Milton. This is Steve Levy from ESPN, and you're listening to One Night Stand. One Night Stand. Sem condição saque ter passeio. Just one night stand. This is one night stand. Presented by First Watch, the official breakfast and lunch sponsor of One Night Stand. What up, Night Nation? It's week two, and the Knights take on Boise State this week over in Idaho. I'll be making the trip over. On today's show, we recap the 56-6 blowout win versus Kent State, our first game as a Big 12 school. Also looking ahead to the big matchup in Idaho versus Boise State. We look around the rest of the college football landscape. A lot of games uh, went on Saturday that we're going to discuss. And as always, Money Moose Picks, Moose Mailbag. Speaking of, I'm here with... Money Moo UCF opened up the 2023 inaugural Big 12 season versus Kent State with a quick strike from John Rice Plumley to my offensive MVP pick of the year, Xavier Townsend, for nine yards for the first watch, first score. Congratulations to me, for being the only one to pick Xavier Townsend. We'll be rolling over the gift card the next week. But it was a plethora of nights finding the end zone to put away the golden flashes early and roll to an easy victory. UCF, 56, Kent State, 6. Yeah, awesome way to uh, come out. New offensive coordinator, Darren Hinshaw. I I think everything looked, you know, pretty good overall. Obviously, it's tough to take a lot away when you play kind of a lesser opponent cupcake game like Kent State, but we put up big numbers. The offense seemed to move. Um, you know, there's a lot of lot of stuff we can go over. Well, uh, let's start with the offense. I think uh, that was a big question mark going into this year. You know, Gus giving over the play-calling duties to Darren Hinshaw, or should I say Darren Himshaw. Him. <laughs> he is him. Uh, yet to be seen, though. No, it was a, it was a good. I thought it was a good. Uh, I thought it was a good opening game. You know, Kent State, one of the bottom five teams in the in the country. So, I really wasn't expecting much from them. Although I think it was a solid win, based off of you know everybody got uh, some playing time. Everybody got their feet wet, and to my knowledge, no injuries. So, anytime you can walk away with that. For your cupcake game, uh, you know, we'll take it. As far as the quarterback play, John Rice Plumley, you know, if you look at just the stats, 22 of 30, 281, three touchdowns, did have the two picks, 90 yards rushing and one touchdown. The two picks were horrendous, man. I- I'm sorry. Like, both in the end zone. He then also had a fumble. So three turnovers from, from John Rice. But I will say this. I can remember back. I think it was Milton uh, 2017 or 2018 year. We played South Carolina State. He threw like three or four interceptions, like, and, and everyone yeah. kind of gave him a pass. And now it's like GRP is like, you know, it just seemed like he needed to, to knock the rust off a bit. Yeah, I don't mind the picks, honestly, because, you know, they didn't matter. So, you know, he's kind of throwing the ball up. It's whatever, trying new things. Um, the things that pissed me off were his inability to slide. He had that one play um, where it was a nice scramble, like cut through the defense a bunch, huge gain, and then toward the end he's got a, a you know defender right in front of him, and instead of getting down or just avoiding the contact, he goes shoulder down for absolutely no reason. Um, and then there was that other play too where I think he was getting sacked or like close to the line of scrimmage, and he tried to extend for an extra yard, and that was that fumble, that third turnover you were talking about. Well, I think it was the second one of the game. He needs to be more careful with the football. Like, the picks don't bother me, but that other stuff does. Um, we, we can't be doing that. You can't be putting your body out there when you're QB1 for absolutely no reason. It's not like it was, like, fourth down and he needed that extra yard um, to put the shoulder down. And the same thing with, with the sack. You get sacked, take the sack. That's it. We, you know, live for the next play. And, uh, you know, hopefully these are just like you said, you know, rusty items that we can kind of take care of and and move forward. But, you know, overall, really, really good game. Um, I I don't have 
you know, a ton of takeaways just because, you know, the opponent didn't matter. Um, but those are two things that JRP did that, that I really didn't like. Yeah, and then based off of uh, the running game, we know that we have a stable full of running backs. Um, big surprise of the, of the night, uh, kind of two, one, Demarcus Bowman. Um, not really coming out of nowhere, but, you know, a, a guy that that wasn't uh, wasn't really, like, huge on the radar for this year. Had a really solid game. I, I mean, him and he's a smaller dude, but... Between him and like Johnny, it's like having two Johnny Richardsons. Like he he he's he's very talented. I I really like him. And then the complete opposite, Jordan McDonald, the freaking bowling ball. <laughs> this dude is a beast, man. And, and he just has some extra like steam. Like when he gets that ball, like he takes like a little stutter step. Like he's like winding up the turbo <laughs> to like go in and man. That that in the Wildcats going to be hard to stop on those goal line or fourth and one situations. Yeah, the run game overall, awesome as expected. Very, very deep running back room. Had five different guys with a rushing touchdown. Passing-wise, you know, spread the ball out to like, I think 11, 10 or 11 different receivers. So, you know, a lot of good takeaways from the offensive side of the ball. Um, also, you know, Timmy McClain getting in fourth quarter. Um or is a, it Hemi McLean? Hemi McLean. Uh, dude, he has an absolute cannon. He gets the ball out so quick, his release time, and it, it's just on a laser every time. And, you know, I know not the best opponent, but it, it looked like he's at least able to run the offense competently. He, he looked good in there. And, uh, you know, it's always good knowing that we have a good QB2 option, especially if uh, JRP can't figure out how to freaking slide. Yeah, it definitely made me feel better seeing him seeing uh Hemi on the on the field. You know, just being able to run the offense and make those plays in case of injury or some other unforeseen circumstance. Yeah, uh definitely. And then, you know, overall, um the crowd looked awesome. It looked like it was probably the best crowd we've had for one of these FCS beginning of the year games it was an electric atmosphere had the rocket launch towards the end um I guess you know watching from home one thing I noticed it was kind of a big debate on Twitter were the the numbers at times they looked very neon yellow almost green and didn't match the helmets um and then at times from photos that were posted like the you know the uniform reveal that the equipment staff does on Thursdays the numbers seem to match the helmets fine. So I don't know if it's that new lighting system or a reflection or something like that, but you know, it, at times it just, it just didn't match. And obviously that's something you can't predict, you know, like how the lighting is going to make the letters or the numbers look, but uh, it looked weird on TV. What, what did you see? Ladies and gentlemen, please do not adjust your television sets. Uh, I don't know. Maybe you had like the saturation too high it was it wasn't just me though i I posted it and a lot of people in the stadium agreed and then a lot of people that were in the stadium disagreed so i I think it really just has to do with like the reflection or the angle or whatever again not a huge deal just something kind of noticed and i think the bigger deal was the black names on a black jersey like why (laughs) they they look (laughs) cool hard to read well they look cool in person Cause you can actually see it, but on TV you can't see it at all, and it just reminds me of like the George O'Leary days with no no names on the back. But I don't know, whatever. I mean, if that's that's our biggest negative besides JRP not protecting the football, then you know I think overall really good win. Laid a fifty burger, covered the spread easily, covered you know first we covered everything. So I'll take it. Um, really strong start, especially when you look at kind of what else happened in the Big Twelve, which we'll we'll get to in a little bit, but. Uh, you know, overall, I would give it a, you know, a pretty solid grade. You know, it was a game that could have easily, you know, we cover, we barely cover the spread and, you know, it's like a 35 to six game or, or you know, 41 to six. And I'm, I wouldn't be as impressed, but, you know, we just kept our foot on the gas pedal the whole game. Uh, you know, like 15 different players got to touch the ball on offense. Defense looked good. Not that it really means anything when you, you know, you play a team like Kent State, but at least there's not much negative stuff to talk about overall. Yeah, that's basically all I had from the game. Now, coming up this week, crazy amount of travel. 
for you and the team as we go at Boise State. Current line right now, I believe, is UCF minus three and a half. I had sent a, a tweet earlier in the day that uh, said the projected line was going to be UCF minus eight. So there is some value on UCF. However, not enough for me to uh, make it a pick of the week. If you remember from last week, I had this line at UCF plus one and a half. But obviously, you know, with UCF really outpacing the negative 36 or minus 36 and a half uh, against Kent State and then Boise getting blown out, only being a 14 point dog, the lines had to adjust. So right now it's UCF minus three and a half, which on the road, mega road game, have never been a good road team. In a d- three time zones away, we'll see. Stay away. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll probably still bet it just because it makes it that much more fun when you're there in person. But uh, Boise State took on Washington on Saturday. Um, game was kind of close early, and then Washington kind of pulled away. Uh, ended up being a 56 19 win for Washington. I mean, they are ranked number 10. Clearly a much better team. Um, I was hoping Boise would win, but uh, I don't know. Not, not much to take away. My, my observations from watching that game, they don't have much of a pass rush, and they can't seem to defend receivers. So, you know, if JRP can't put up a big stat line in this game, it's going to be a big red flag in my opinion. He should be able to throw all over them. Our offensive line is way overmatched compared to their D-line and pass rush, and uh, our receivers should be able to get open. But, uh, you know, it'll it'll be the first real test, and this is going to set the tone for the season. Hopefully it's a win because, you know, a loss. uh, You you only have a couple. Give us our first loss. Well, you you only have a couple, and, you know, kind of puts a damper on on the rest of the year. But uh, we'll see what happens. Any other thoughts about Boise? No, just tough, tough road game. Every time we go on the road, no matter what the opponent is, uh, I mean, being I never like the road favorite in a college game, especially yep. with us, uh, how bad we are yeah. on T- the road. Tulsa, ECU, uh, um, USF. Yeah, so, but anyway, it, it's happened before. You know, Georgia Tech, uh, a couple years ago, I believe we were the favorites, went in there, smoked them, and, uh, you know, it happens. So we'll see uh, can Boise bounce back from getting slaughtered? Uh, can we take this momentum from Ken State on? Who knows? But we'll, uh, we'll I'm excited. <laughs> hey, night game, FS1, yeah. Albertson Stadium on the Smurf turf. Did not what, know, when are you getting in there? Uh, did not know Albertson still existed as a grocery chain. They've gone out of business like 15 years ago in Florida. Um, I'm supposed to land at like 11. On Friday, I've considered changing it to Thursday just because, you know, it's like eight, nine hours of travel. I could get there Thursday night and then be like well rested for Friday. Uh, But I also really don't know what I'll do Friday. I know there's like an alumni thing at night, but it'd just be nice to like not have to travel all day and then go to that. And, you know, the tiredness just kind of rolls over and it'll be a tired Saturday. I don't know. What's the flight like? Layover at... I think, Are you doing RSW to yeah, Atlanta? To I think it's to Dallas. Uh, I don't know. I'll, I'll check on that here in a sec. But um, it'll be fun. It, it, you know, it'll be cool. I don't think I'll ever have a reason to visit Boise ever again. And, uh, you know, it'll be cool to get out there, see the Smurf turf and, and everything. And, uh, yeah, looking forward to it. You know, first away game, usually our kind of marquee away game is like the highlight of the season. But this is just like a a warm up for the rest of the year as I'm trying to go to all the away games. Cause we actually have cool conference opponents, you know, um, where are your seats for the fans who are looking to find you on television? I have not purchased seats yet. There's a bunch of good ones remaining, a bunch of good front rows. One thing I noticed with their seating chart or kind of looking at their stadium is the front row is a lot further away from the sideline than normal. Like, normally you can kind of, like, talk to the players on the bench, and there's probably an extra, like, 5, 10 yards of separation. So I'm looking for an end zone seat because they're, like, right in the end zone for, like, optimal exposure slash shit, uh, shit talking. 
to people on the field, but um, crucial, crucial. We'll 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 see. So that's still up in the air. Um, all right, let's let's talk about the rest of college football. Saturday had a full slate of games for the first time. That was awesome. I sat on the couch for like eight hours straight and just watched football as some guy put up fans in my house. So that was cool. Um, Gators got well. That was actually the Gators were Thursday. Did not look good versus Utah. Utah didn't even have their starting quarterback. The Gators looked incompetent. One thing I try and avoid, though, uh, is, like, overreacting from week one. You know, especially Gators had a new quarterback. You know, I don't I don't want to just be like, oh, the Gators stink all season because I'll make a judgment based off the one game I see week one. Oop. I'll usually, like, overreact to week one and just be like, oh, the Gators stink all year. And then as they keep winning games, I'll just keep betting against them, not really paying attention because my one impression was – them not doing anything week one. Um, Colorado TCU, probably the highlight of the weekend. Did you watch that game at all? I did. I watched almost the whole thing. It, You know, I really didn't know what to think about Colorado, but I did know that Shadur Sanders was pretty much the real deal. Like, even though he was in an HBCU, like, he he just, you could see the talent. And this team is is crazy, but... I think that, just like you said, a little bit of overreaction. I think TCU is nowhere near as good as as seventeenth in the country. Um, yeah, I, and I don't want to. I don't want to ruin my picks, but you know, later on, I'll kind of talk about like how much the lines have changed just since week one, and you can see like a lot of the. A lot of the games that UCF had, like we were underdogs in half of them. Now we're only underdogs in two. Yeah, and that that happens because you know week one the lines are just based off kind of speculation and last year's results. Now there's actually games to base the lines off, so a lot of things change. Uh, the one thing I'll say about TCU, I think you know ranked 17, they were runners up national champions last year, runners up in the playoff, but they only returned two starters, so. Maybe Colorado's really good. Maybe TCU's a bit overrated. Um, truth, probably somewhere in the middle. Uh, Colorado might just be a 6-6 six and six team that played a really bad TCU team. Or TCU might end up playing well the rest of the season, but they were just getting the rust out week one. Who knows? Um, that's why we play all these games. You know, I'm sure opinions of all these teams will change. But Colorado, future Big 12 opponent, so I wanted to hit on that game. Obviously, TCU's in our conference, too. Some other games, a little meanwhile to the West, USF was, um, who did they play? Western Kentucky? Western Kentucky. Yeah. They're up 17-7 and then end up losing 41-24. Outscored 34-7 to in the rest of that game after that 17-7 win. But they looked a little more competent than they have in the last five years. Not that that means much, but I don't know. A- any thoughts with that? Uh, no, I didn't, I wasn't able to watch any of the game, but I watched a couple of the highlights, the quarterback play, the same guy that was there a lot. It's just so bad, man. Like he barely completed 50% of his balls for like an average, average completion of like eight yards. He was their leading rusher. Like they can't find anybody. And it kind of sucks that like their top two receivers, Jimmy Horn and Xavier Weaver, who had decent talent, both left to go to Colorado. Yeah, Horn had, a, um, Horn had a nice touchdown, too. Yeah, so, I mean, I don't blame him because there's nobody to freaking throw it to him. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be good a, Lord. It's gonna be a multi-year rebuild, but, you know, I think one good takeaway if, if you're USF is that they didn't look as incompetent as they have for the last few years. They look slightly well, better. I mean, they're in, year, what, year four, year five of the – badness multi-year rebuild build well you know you lose a coach i mean they had some talent like you said jimmy horn those other guys and they had that running back guy too that was like five feet tall he left um it's tough you know they're they're working from the ground up but uh we'll see what happens the rest of the year um some games coming up this week again beginning of the season not usually the best you know a lot of those games are just massive blowouts i think uh I forget who it was. Someone someone hung like 80 on someone. Uh, I forget who. Oregon on Oregon, Portland yeah. State. Oklahoma, 73 nothing over Arkansas State. DG had 
over 300 yards passing in the first half, and then he got benched. Um, I'm sure you saw also a bunch of former UCF quarterbacks started and had some real good games. Mikey Keene, Fresno State. Keene Supreme. P5 upset over Purdue. Tommy Castellanos had that crazy play where he ran like 60 yards. Uh, looked like he was playing Madden to complete a pass. I had Fresno on the uh, laptop while I was watching the TCU-Colorado game. And, man, I, I was I was rooting for Keene the whole time. Like, he's. I'm glad he went somewhere and he's doing well. Yeah, um, me, me too. The thing that pisses me off is on Twitter, everyone's like, oh, Gus wasted all his talent. I mean, Gus didn't force him and Tommy to transfer. Yeah, he kind of fumbled the bag with the redshirt thing with Tommy, but... I mean, I, I think JRP has been the best quarterback. What is he supposed to do? You can't force these guys to stay. And with the transfer portal, you can't blame them for leaving, you know? that Everyone's so hung up on that. It's like, dude, move on. These guys are gone. Yeah. Wish there's, them luck. There's one quarterback. That's it. And Timmy. <laughs> <laughs> um, Timmy. A couple other interesting games. in the. You big- don't understand, like, how good that makes me feel to have Himmy. Oh, dude, me too. Because you know, with without a competent QB two, I mean, especially with if JRP can't learn how to freaking slide, it's like you're you know you're walking on thin ice there. So it's good to know if something happens. You know, I I don't think we'll miss a beat on offense. But a couple other Big Twelve games that stood out: Houston, they suck. They barely squeaked by UTSA, seventeen fourteen, and then that late. Wyoming Texas Tech barn burner. Wyoming ended up winning in overtime double overtime 35-33. That's an interesting one because the over under was 50 and a half and it was 2020 heading into overtime. So if you bet the under, you made the right bet and it barely made it to overtime and then the total ended up being 68. So what a heartbreaking way to lose uh, uh an over under bet that way. But uh yeah, any other yeah, games? I mean- Texas Tech, that that was a huge surprise for me. That a lot of people's dark horse to actually compete in the Big Twelve title game, uh, along with Texas. So that one was very interesting. I think they ended up were ranked like twenty six or twenty seven, just outside the top twenty five. But yeah, I don't know. Con- they got con- a lot of explaining to do because Oregon coming to town uh, this coming week. Conference is wide open, is I think my big takeaway, and. How you much know, fun is like college football now? It's a like, lot. I thought it was fun, but it's like even more fun that like now everyone in the conference, like people are talking about these games. Like, right. No, it's it's like you watch highlights and there's a lot of games that matter. Normally, the only time you saw American highlights was like on the not top 10 or if it was like a Thursday game and there was nothing else to talk about. Now, yeah, or like just the one team that was in the top 25. Right. Like, now it's like. The conference gets talked about just as much as all the others. I saw someone on College Game Day saying the Big 12 might be the strongest conference. I, I don't know if they'll have that take after <laughs> week one, but just hearing that, it's like, wow. Like, And we're Big 12, that's UCF. Like, We're, we're in the mix so much more, and um, it, it's going to be so much fun uh, from here on out, I, forever. Well, least- I wanted to talk a, a little bit about the Fox affiliation with – the big 12. Now I know ESPN has like a little bit, uh, a little bit they have, is the big 12 network like even a thing or is it no, just, I think it's I on ESPN plus. I don't think there was a big 12 network. I think it was the Longhorn network. There was some weird thing. What's crazy is that way back Texas almost left for the PAC 12. And the reason they didn't is because ESPN offered them the Longhorn network and the big 12, like could have died. I, I don't know, but I'm just glad we have uh, your mark in charge and he's being proactive. You know, he went, he got the TV deal done before the, the pack, you know, secured us. He got the extra teams as he saw things crumbling. And now the pack 12, I mean, it just announced, I think yesterday or the day before that Cal Stanford is going to the ACC along with SMU, not taking a TV share. But honestly, at this point, it's awesome because you either hang on to that lifeboat that like doesn't have food and a radio or you drown in the freaking cold water. And SMU chose the lifeboat with no rations, you know, good for them. Yeah, definitely pretty interesting 
you know, too, is that that Colorado TCU game will be a Big 12 game next year. It's going to be crazy, like, because I've been to Boulder. If we play in Colorado, like, that game, you got to go. I, I mean, have I'm, you seen the ticket prices for the home opener? The get-in price is $360 for the cheapest seat geez. against Nebraska this week. That's crazy. Man. So, anyway, uh, oh, I did want to talk about the more about the Fox affiliation. Oh, so, yeah. Joel Klatt sucks, by the way. <laughs> so, yeah, but you can't uh, hate on Gus Johnson. No, he's awesome. One of the all-time. Having to listen to Joel Klatt's like, stupid interview, I, I just don't like the guy. Maybe, I don't think I have any reason other than that. He was a huge UCF hater in 2017 in like, the national championship thing, and he was just saying we shouldn't be ranked even, blah, blah, blah. Um, just not a fan of that guy. I don't like his voice. I don't like his face. I don't like anything about him. But <laughs> So what did you think about the changes that happened with College Game Day? Because now you you don't have Chris the Bear Felica. Uh, he was either let go or left let and go. went to the Fox big noon kickoff game now they have aaron andrews as well very nice and college game day you know they fired david pollock who who was a, a very likable face on that on that uh on that program now they did replace him with pat mcafee who everybody loves but they also replaced uh chris felica with stanford steve who i'm a big upgrade. fan upgrade and mcafee's an upgrade too but the product overall sucks. Like I turned, I tuned in for as much as I could, and like half the time, like they did some weird Oreo eating. Con- like, just talk about football. They were like so all yeah. over the place, and like some parts were good because McAfee's he- nothing against Pollock. McAfee's awesome. I don't think any anyone can disagree with that. Stanford Steve, I love. Uh, you know, been following him since the the SVP days. He's awesome, but. The product overall is just, it's all over the place. And honestly, like the big noon kickoff, I, I really enjoy watching. That that might like, take I, you over You know, I was going to agree that <laughs> I had never watched this because I thought it was just a joke. And I saw myself turning off game day yep. to check out the big noon kickoff. And it kind of kept my attention. Number one, I feel like ESPN, even though they say they don't have an SEC bias, they have to because... SEC Network, they, yeah. Right. But Fox has a Big 12 and a little bit of a Pac-12 bias. But I feel like with our conference being one of the biases, like this just panders more to our audience, you know? Yeah. And I also like the fact that, you know, it looked like the atmosphere was the the energy level was about the same, if not higher. Um, I really liked having the smaller stage, you know, when we had college game day against Cincinnati, like, obviously it was amazing, but this, it seemed like the stage was smaller and they had a lot of different areas to interview people. And it it seemed like the fans got really, really close, you know, on the big noon kickoff. Whereas like the game day, it's like a huge spectacle and like all the fans are in the background, where it's like this huge main stage and they're elevated. Like Fox, it was it was like they were with the people. Yeah. You know? It, and and it, it has cool. like a little lesser but they did have Michael Irvin. You know, they have Michael Irvin, Matt Liner, uh Brady Quinn. Like yeah, it was, they, uh, they uh, seem to have the star power. It, it was an awesome lineup, and I th- I think the show overall was just much better. But you know, competition's good. It, it's nice to have options and uh it's also nice that, you know, there's something other than ESPN that, you know, we can tune into uh, on Saturdays. Yeah. And, and and I'm probably, I'm going to watch both. Yep. But I think they're going to be at Colorado, big noon kickoff this week. So, I mean, for the home opener for Colorado, I feel like, I don't know where game day is going to be at this week, but I'm just tired of them going to freaking Georgia Bama yeah. and Bama and Dude, all they, that. You they know? go to Bama and no one even cares. Like, yeah. Oh, we got game day. Oh, we had it three times last year. But uh, yeah. Anyway, it, it's just awesome to be more in the mix overall. You know, we start off four and zero. We're gonna be in the mix for Big Noon and College Game Day and and everything. Way way easier. Like we don't have to be eight and zero and hope that there's 
just no other good games going on that week, you know, like last year. Yeah. Like, I bet if we're decent and Oklahoma is undefeated, I, I can almost guarantee that's going to be the, even though it's a way. Yeah. But that's going to be the, be, yep. the game, you know, for Big Noon kickoff. Yes, sir. So, uh, anyway. All right. Picks? Picks. All right, guys. Now it's time for our favorite segment, Money Moves. Picks of the week. All right, so one of the games, uh, easy winner with Utah, minus five. How did we not bet the house? Second game, pick Florida State. As of this recording, this game is still going on at 7-7. Oh, but, unless uh, you scored. Nice. I, I don't have a TV I can watch while recording anymore, which is good because I'll pay attention more. But I kind of wish I was watching this game right now. 7-7, nine minutes left in the second. All right, so anyway... At least it won't be a winless week. <laughs> Guaranteed. One and zero. All right, got two picks again for you this week. First, we'll talk about UCF. Uh, I have them as minus eight currently. I just looked; the line went down to minus two and a half. So, as you know, we need a full seven points of differential between what I think the line is and what the line actually is for me to place a bet. So we would need UCF to get down to minus one or pick them. You know, and anything worse than UCF minus one. If not, I can't give the blessing, but it is a pretty heavy lean towards UCF with the value here. You know, two and a half, especially only have to win by a field goal. I like it, but I can't uh, love it right. to give you the official, official. Um, bet. So anyway, uh, the two picks this week. Number one, we're going to go with Alabama minus seven against texas look it's not very often that alabama is favored by less than a touchdown texas are they back they've been trying to come back for like 20 something years it ain't happening again alabama yeah they have some questions at quarterback there's like three good guys that are like all really close um you know i think jalen milrow is going to be continue to be the starter but talent wise bama you know they're just way more talented than Texas ever will be at this point. Uh, and I just don't think they're back. So Alabama minus seven, taking the tide. I, I, I don't know, man. People say Texas is back every year and they've been wrong, but aren't they, doesn't that make them do, you know, it's like if roulette, like if you bet on red eight times in a row, well, it must happen. It must <laughs> it's gotta be. happen eventually. I don't know. I like Quinn Ewers a lot, man. Uh, I think he's really matured and improved from year one to year two. Who, who knows? It's so early in the season that any outcome of this game would not surprise me. For all I know, Alabama could blow him out. You know, I, I hope they at least keep it competitive. Uh, you know, that's our conference, baby. All right, and the second pick we're going to take, uh, you might think I'm crazy with this one after do. what I just said, too. So I'm going to take Nebraska plus three at Colorado. Huh? Look, just when <laughs> exactly <laughs> when you think it's such an easy slam dunk, you got to go with, hit him with the huh. <laughs> so that's my reasoning on this. A very contrarian pick. Look, everyone and their mom saw you know Colorado and Prime and this uh, and they beat TCU and oh my god, look how good you know Shooter Sanders and. And Travis Hunter are, oh, they're minus three at Nebraska's 0-1 and, and minus three at home? Oh, my God, I got to bet the house. And that's what every average Joe is saying right now. So yep. that's why I'm going to go with Nebraska. They have a competent quarterback, Jeff Sims. Yes, that same Jeff Sims transferred from Georgia Tech who played against us as a freshman in 2020, the first COVID game. So somehow he ended up in Nebraska. I was very Matt sober Rule, at that game. Yeah, Matt Rule, <laughs> you know, getting fired from uh, Carolina Panthers, but he still has that coaching experience. And I just think Colorado, you know, gave everything they had to beat this TCU team, and they're just on this high, and now it's like it's put-up-or-shut-up time, especially with the expectations now are like 10x what they were last week. Uh, just before this game. So remember this team won one game last year, even though they literally don't have a single player from the year before. 
I'm just saying it's going to be a lot closer than you think. And I like Nebraska plus three simply for a contrarian bet. However, I would tell you that everyone's going to be betting Colorado. So I think this line does. I I was just going to go up. And you said this in our group chat during the Colorado game. You're like, dude, Colorado is going to be the new public favorite. And I can't, they're going to be like the Dallas Cowboys of college football, at least until they lose a game. I agree with you. Uh, and, you know, you mentioned Matt Rule. He went to Temple, absolute garbage program, turned it around. He went to Baylor after their whole scandal thing, turned that around. I know he's going to turn it around Nebraska. It's just a matter of when. And I think, I mean, we saw glimpses from that team last year with Scott Frost on his fourth year hanging on for dear life. It was the same story all over, uh, over and over again. They kept losing these close games, but... They were there, and they had the talent, and I, I like this pick, Nebraska, a lot, and like you said, I think the line's going to move quite a bit from the public betting, um, so I, I like Nebraska a lot. Like, I'm sad that I have to announce the pick at what, you know, it is right now. Yeah. I can't just take... It'll probably be like seven <laughs> by the time. Because it's probably going to be yeah. five, six, seven, but... Anyway, yeah, just just, it, it just wait. It is. Put, put that yeah. bet in Friday. You know, watch the line, follow Money Moo on Twitter. He'll be updating us throughout the week. Um, all right, let's recap the picks real quick. We're taking Alabama minus seven against Texas and Nebraska plus three against Colorado. Let's get that money. All right, last up, we've got Moo's Mailbag, where we answer everyone's questions. Thank you all for listening, submitting. Please subscribe, rate, and review while you're listening. All right, this first question is from Steve George. Three JRP turnovers against Kent State. Teams are only going to get better from this point. Why should we feel better about JRP now versus last season? Uh, well, I don't really feel much better. Um, <laughs> not, But, I mean, I don't think he was bad last year. I, I think he. it is what it is. The, the ceiling is very, very high. JRP, but also the floor is, you know, extremely low with, uh, you know, the injury concerns and the turnover concerns. But I mean, as far as talent wise, like, I think we don't have to force him to throw so much with the stable of running backs that we have, you know, the shorter uh, kind of swing passes to running backs and, you know, tight end shorter routes. If we just keep the routes you know, shorter, everything like smaller and just lean on the run game, man. Like I I think we'll be fine. Yeah, I agree. Um, I don't know if I could say JRP is better than last season. I think I'll have a full opinion of him after this game. You know, I, I, I'm not taking anything from the Kent state game and using it to form my opinion of him. Just protect the ball better. Like I said, don't mind the picks. Protect the ball, protect yourself, get down, don't fight for an extra yard. It's not worth one yard or possibly losing the football. Come on, the risk-reward there is not there. All right, next question is from Golden Knight 2. Based on JRP's performance versus Kent State, are you more confident in his ability to perform versus tough opponents or more concerned of his continued tendency to turn the ball over multiple times? A lot of JRP questions. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) you know, I kind of just talked about this. I'm not using the Kent State game to change my opinion of him. Like, I, I think he is who he was last year. I think... There's a chance he's going to get better next game. You know, it, it's kind of like, um, I, I don't know, if you ever play tennis or pickleball or something like that, and you're up a lot, and you're better than the opponent, you kind of like don't try as hard until the score gets closer, if that makes sense. And then you, you know, you're like, all right, crap, like, you know, 10-9 pickleball, I got to win this serve, I don't want to go to tiebreaker. I'm hoping that maybe he just kind of wasn't, feeling like the need to be that careful with the ball. But like I said, this Boise State game, we're really going to see who he is and if he improved. All right, next one from Dally Drama. (laughs) Did you see a night and day difference in JRP? God bless the new home. Beautiful. You do have a beautiful new home, Sean. Thank you. Um, Night and day difference. No, I really didn't. Although I'm not sure if... 
since Gus is <laughs> calling the plays, if he even knew like what was going on in Hinshaw's mind or not. Uh, I I think Hinshaw did a good job sort of managing expectations in the passing game, too. I, I don't think we never really took any deep shots that I can remember. Um, there were some longer throws that, you know, he wasn't, I will say this, like, there was many throws last year that were, I'd say, extremely off-target. I don't remember really yeah. seeing any of those. It's more like Hinshaw, I feel like, set up JRP to, you know, excel at what he does best. It's the shorter throws. It's not taking sacks. Um, or he set him up to not take sacks, right. you know, get, because get he's not quickly. giving those longer throws. So, yeah, I, I mean, I liked the way that Hinshaw called the game, and I think that he's, you know, utilizing everyone's strengths so far. Agreed. Next up, we got Jeff Mahan. Jeff Mahan. Man. After <laughs> Jeff Mann. <laughs> up next, we have Jeff Mann. After watching JRP week one, does he have an outside shot at Heisman? One hundred. The numbers are there. The numbers are there. One hundred percent. I agree with you. Um, you know, we're in the Big Twelve. He's just got to put up numbers, and we got to win games, and he'll be right in the mix. But he also has to put up numbers in the games that matter. Yeah. So yep. obviously, the well, Kansas State. The ranked games that we play, the Kansas States, the Oklahomas of the world. Yeah, 100%. All right, next one from Miles Giller. What was the biggest positive and biggest negative, excluding JRP's turnovers, that you saw coming out of Kent State? Uh, I think the biggest negative was, you know, you touched on it earlier, is inability to slide. He's got to be able to slide. Uh, Dylan, Protect you know, the ball. I guess that's kind of turnovers, but whatever. Yeah, Dylan Gabriel finally figured out how to slide like later on in his UCF tenure. Well, remember he, um, he didn't know how to run at first, right? So yeah, I mean it, the thing is though, JRP is just he's that dude. Like he likes contact, <laughs> you know, and, and it's and it's not necessarily a bad thing because sometimes he takes a hit and gets you know an extra couple yards that not worth make it. the. That make no. I was just gonna say sometimes uh, it is worth it. Yeah. Most of the time it's not though. Yeah. So situational I, I didn't football. like that. The positives I think out of him were just having like an extremely strong run game with his ability, you know, at scrambling out of the pocket too. You know, I feel like he didn't try to force any balls except those two picks were. <laughs> I know it's you're, know. you're no knew, you're right you're right you're right he knew what he did wrong like immediately he was like oh my god why did I do that like I feel like he the picks don't I, I matter think the to opponent me. Yeah. the the opponent can't say it was like oh you know we're up 30 Who let me cares? just try like Throw sneak one in here yep. you know so he knew yeah I'm with you there uh just one one more positive I want to touch touch on the amount of skill players we have that are super talented is awesome the running back room, like I said earlier, five guys with a touchdown. I think we had like 15, 16 guys touch the ball overall. And everyone everyone looked really, really good. Next one from Todd Thrasher. What do you think about the new clock rule? Hate it. Absolutely hate it. Uh, you know, it, they, they did it to shorten the games, but the game was still like four hours. So I don't know. i just not a fan of change. Maybe that's just me getting old. Uh, I don't know. What did you think? Yeah, it didn't really come into play that much because the game was a blowout, but I could feel, you know, in a tight game, it definitely takes away from the feel of college football. I, I don't like it. Could just be a test. They might hate it and get rid of it next year, but I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, I mean, the clock stops. Like, it goes back to the regular rules under two minutes, but, you know, when you're down, like, three touchdowns, you're using that clock stoppage starting, at, you know, five, six minutes left in the game, and it just – it's going to hinder – the ability for teams to make these crazy comebacks might hurt us, might help us, but overall, it takes away from what makes college football awesome. It's those you know crazy three scored comebacks and stuff like that. And um, again, if the intent was to just make the game shorter, all they're doing is playing more commercials. So, just like realignment, it all comes down to money. So I get it. 
Um, all right, last one from Chris99. What's the one game you're most excited for this season and why? Oh, has to be the Oklahoma game. I mean, going into Oklahoma against Dylan Gabriel, you know the butterflies are going to be there for DG. Look, he DG puts up crazy stat lines against shit teams. <laughs> yeah. he, he's done this for his entire career. And then just like the pit game, he folds. It will happen again and again. I mean, the team was six and six last year. It wasn't like they were. He he got hurt multiple times, but yeah. But still, like I'm telling you, just look for his entire career at UCF. He never won a big game. Everyone goes back to oh, the Stanford game, the Stanford game. The that, pick six was in that the a end big zone. <laughs> was that a big game? It is this year. I'm just playing devil's advocate. I'm with you, dude. But uh. Yeah, I don't know. Do you think um, the same? Is there any other game? I mean, Okie State. I, I, I'm just a big you know, Okie State fan. He really fan. stepped like up for Oki BYU State. in that bowl game. Oh, wait. No, Zach Wilson. I don't know, man. Um, yeah, Oklahoma's definitely a good answer. Just, I have like a, I don't know if recency bias is the right word, but just because Kansas State is our first Big 12 conference game, that's the one that sticks out to me. I don't think it's bigger than Oklahoma, but just because it's sooner, like, that's the first time we're really going to see, like, what the heck we are. Until then, regardless of what happens at Boise, I mean, assuming we don't get blown out, we really won't know where we're at in the Big 12 until Kansas State. And after that game, a lot of those questions will be answered. So that's, that's kind of the one I'm looking forward to. But I, I think Oklahoma's probably bigger, too. We are who we thought we were. Yeah. All right, guys, let's wrap this up. Happy Labor Day. Shout out to all the people that actually have real jobs, like Moo. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, so, yeah, happy Labor Day. Boise State, 7 o'clock Eastern. Is Boise Mountain or Western? It's got to be Western. It's Ooh. like way out there. Uh, dude, I anything past like Georgia, I don't know where anything is. So it's, it's either at 4 or 5 that's early, man. Plenty of time to go out it's after GMT minus six, which is is the stadium Mount, on campus? Mountain daylight time. All right, so it's only two hours behind. So the game's at five. All right. Yeah, it's currently it says currently seven oh one, and it's nine oh one here in Florida. Is the so, stadium on campus? Uh, I don't know. I only looked at it on a map. But it's like kind of by the downtown area. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I have no idea what I'm getting into. Honestly, I was just thinking about this. I would be there Thursday. I'd be there Wednesday, maybe, if I didn't live in this new house. But it's like, I don't want to go. I'm so happy here. But it's going to be fun. No matter what. Every away game. Every. Can you make it? I don't, I, I don't think I'm going to do Cincy. But all the other ones, Yes. For sure. Even if it's just a fly-in. Like, I think Kansas, I'm just going to fly up to Kansas City in the morning, fly back on Sunday. Like, easy, free. Just don't, you know, don't go too hard and you'll be back. I'll be back on my couch Sunday morning, or, you know, Sunday for NFL kickoff. Famous last words. <laughs> don't go too hard. <laughs> sure. Um, what else? Having a big party at the house tomorrow. Money moo. Hopefully party. Let's go. Yeah. Got uh I think I invited too many people, but got a lot of drinks, got a lot of food, ready to go, you know. Celebrating uh labor. Still looking for your housewarming gift. Oh, checks in the mail or something. <laughs> I don't get just just show <laughs> it's up. It's coming man. in the mail. Just show up. I, I you know, I think I got everything I need. I just I just want your your pretty What are you working with there? A little Chick fil A platter? No, I got two sub platters from Publix. I got one that are like the actual subs, but cut up into smaller pieces. And I got Whoa. one. Whoa. Whoa. No, even better. I got a Boar's Head King's Hawaiian Roll platter. Whoa. Yeah. It's like, a, I've already eaten like five of them. <laughs> it's like a hundred of those little sliders. That, oh, the bread's so good. And then a veggie platter and a fruit platter. Oh, and then a, a big chicken tendy platter too. And then like a bajillion drinks. Tendies. Hey, yo. Are um, we doing a plunge contest? 
Sure, we can do a plunge contest. I was thinking about, because I didn't have enough coolers, I was thinking about just throwing all the beer in there. But then I was like, oh, it's just going to get dirty, and I don't know how to do the filter thing. And, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. It should be a good turnout, good time. So um, for those of you going out to Boise, I'll see you guys Friday night. I think there's some kind of alumni happy hour or some kind of deal through UCF. That'll be fun. And, you know, obviously the game Saturday night is going to be electric. Football's here, man. It still doesn't feel real. We, we haven't had a real game, but I'm, I'm super excited. And, um, yeah, you know, we'll uh, this time next week. We're either going to be really sad or really happy. <laughs> Say it every week. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Make sure you rate, review. Subscribe. All that. Subscribe. Yes, sir. Go Knights. Charge on. Domain nature. Domain nature.